This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Book another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, T.F. Much, Orcus, Submariner, Cedric Espen, some torching the blindside blue paper once again right here on Bludging on the Blindside. Yes, that's the sound of the sumptuous camped in the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, welcome to Bludging on the Blindside. H.G. Nelson opening the T20 dig for another set of seven and what a week. What an incredible week, you know. There's nothing I tire about saying those words. Me, I've said them for a long time. What an incredible week. I, I, I just revel in them. They're so exciting. When I get to that point in the week, I think, you bloody beauty, I can talk about what's been exciting me and you. And a week when too much sport is barely enough. So much excitement, unbelievable excitement, unprecedented excitement. And bludges, as you know, the blindside focuses on the spirit of, uh, of rugby league and its ethical obligation. More of that in a moment. But before we probe... Great news from the States. The Rugby League Church of Las Vegas custodians and caretakers of the Rugby League Way have this week done a deal with our charity partners, the Blinkered Knights of Balaclava, to provide 60 catering hotspots along the way, beginning in Tucson and ending in Tonopah. Now, these watering holes will feature, quote, an international smorgasbord of cuisine options with an Australian twang, end quote. In other words, don't be afraid of it. It'll be lamingtons pies, you know, obviously chico rolls, battered salves, Pluto pups, all that sort of stuff available at 60 outlets along the way. Uh, And that quote, incidentally, with the Australian twang emphasis, that quote was taken from the Blinkered Knights handout, The Way of the Tooth. Uh, In other words, the sort of things that you'll be able to discover along the way with the tooth as rugby leagues, uh, well, the big noise in the Rugby League Church of Las Vegas Pastor Mo says, hunger, there's another quote, hunger is the enemy of good punting. That was the message I took from the parable of the loaves and fishes all those years ago. Remember, if you cannot get your hands on a multigrain loaf and flathead, then try a chicken schnitzel with an egg on top. Wise words from the Mo. And you can see the rest of Monsignor Mo's revealing interview on Four Corners next Monday. Uh, It's part of their beat up. I use that word advisedly about rugby league taking over America. But the star of the show is Monsignor Mo and his ideas about victims of the punt reaching out, the unit that's there being set up for people to come over and go silly on the doubleheader uh, on March the 2nd. Now, back to where the sprinklers spray lopsided scores roamed again. Let's probe some of those results in round 26. The troubled dogs... Phew, where did their problems start and stop? Uh, the troubled dogs had no luck against the human face. It was misery for the kennel, with the seagulls running amok, scoring 42, while the dogs, run, dogs and the dugs run in 24 in front of a monster crowd of 13,000 at Acor. Imagine being there at Acor with 13,000, you'd have a row of seats to yourself. 
the game's greatest thinker, incidentally, a.k.a. Sticky, a.k.a. The Ant, a.k.a. Carlos Mason, does it again with a magnificent post-hooter spray. It was beauti- instantly beautifully caught by Sneezeby's cameras. Uh, then uh, Ricky, who swore he wouldn't say anything, really had a go at everyone afterwards. He said he wasn't going to say anything because he'd get into trouble. He said something and he got into trouble. Uh, but there were some sympathetic mentions and mumbles coming out of NRL HQ, Abdo and Feathers. Uh, but they, this was all in response to his side. The Raiders uh, were pipped in the Broncos at, by the Broncos at GAO. Remember GAO, the home of the clap? Uh, the tune, strike up that band, Bronx 29, Smearson's 18. And as one listener pointed out, uh, the spray was basically Ricky mumbling or the Smearson mumbling, it wasn't me out there. And as this listener pointed out, absolutely right. In the NRLW, slightly different uh, but uh, a familiar tune. The Broncos stunned the Raiders this time. The melody in D, again, if you please, maestro. Broncos 40, Raiders 8. And uh, did I see Buck back on the sideline for the clash? I think I did. What a welcome addition to the day. Something for the kids, win or lose. To see a horse at rugby league, it just lifts the heart and lifts the spirit and you think, well, even if we lost by 40, it wouldn't matter because we saw Buck. Uh, And the NRLW have unearthed another Wunderkind, this time in the foul house with Wunderkind Mia Wood on debut running in a hat-trick of tries for the fouls in their 48 to 10 demolition of the Tigers, the joint venture. Gee, doesn't matter who plays, they're not having any luck. It's just trouble, trouble, trouble for the stripes. Uh, Elsewhere, suspensions could rob not only the NRL finals series of stars, but the trip to the States as well. Our stars will, and you've got to remember this, that, you know, it's all very well for Monsignor Mo to appear on Four Corners. That's just a tip of the iceberg, honestly. Having a person from the Church of Rugby League appear on, you know, the ABC is great. But that's only just the tip of the iceberg because our stars will become household names across the states in February 2024 leading up to March the 2nd. Some of the big names could be missing due to suspensions. It's unimaginable to think that Jared Weir Hargraves will not be on the plane. Americans love that no-nonsense JWH style. Remember how they loved Matthew Lodge when he promoted the league in New York all those years ago? They took Lodgey into their homes. They almost made him a member of the family. Now, people in the Big Apple, incidentally, are still talking about first contact with the greatest game of all, and they they still remember it fondly. In fact, Matthew's the one who doesn't remember it fondly. Now, this week, uh, dedicated tackle counters have once again been deployed at all venues. Just a couple of questions about the dedicated tackle counters. Shouldn't they be identified by a high-vis vest and some suitable sponsorship? I'm hoping for a hot chicken sponsorship for them, something like Above and Beyond Chooks. Uh, just something simple like that. Let's face it, there may be no firm called Above and Beyond Chooks. Who would know? It would look great on a bit of, uh, you know, gear that they would wear which would single them out as the tackle counters at every game. See, if they're not visible, I worry that excited rugby league fans could accidentally distract a top tackle operative mid-count causing chaos. And that's the last thing we want at this time of the year with the finals just around the corner. And are these tackle counters, and this worries me at night, I stay up, clutching the pillow, are these tackle counters cleared by the police or a suitable university maths department after an examination of their knowledge of the numbers between one and six? I bet you none of them them are. People are baffled by the concept of five. How does that fit in between one and six? I mean, these, these are questions that have yet to be answered. And how often in 2023 have the one to six crew been called upon to confirm the count 
that the referees' touch judges and bunkers have made was correct. I mean, how often are they engaged? I mean, if they're engaged once a season, you might think that's one too many, but if they're engaged 90 a season, 90 times a season, you think something's got to be looked at. And who watches the counting crew? Who watches the watches? That's what I want to know. I mean, to make sure they've got it right. On a brighter night, congratulations to Casey Badger and Belinda Sharp as they begin their career as referees in the top flight of rugby league. Belinda took on the explosive Seagulls-Tigers clash last night and Casey will blow in the Titans feed dogs fixture on Sunday. And isn't it great to have the name Badger involved with the highest level of the code once again? Trot news. And remember Captain Hammerhead, Sino Shores? Well, he's contesting the $2.1 million Eureka Trot uh, at Tabcourt Park, Manangle tonight. The favourite uh, leap to fame drew where the, they parked the horse floats, meaning that the head could get a perfect run on the pegs and score. I'm not saying it will score. It could get a good run. Now, AFL and it's back on. I mean, what's back on? The finals aren't back on there next week. But the hotly contested 2023 Grub of the Year looked home and hosed with a coveted gong going north to Tookmiller for his telling tool twirl that was a grip, a reef and a tear on Dane Zorko's tackle. But the original and best will not be denied. He will not be denied. Grub Green put his name up in lights for the gong during the Giants v Carlton clash last night. It was a brilliant performance from our number one. The headlock on Mitch McGovern. Wow. What has he got against Mitch McGovern? I mean, Polash, the guy with a beautiful thump to the Cruets in running before he got him in the headlock, which drew, the headlock incidentally drew knowing laughs from the knowledgeable on the couch crew. Gaz, Bucks and Brownie thought it was the highlight of the match. Incidentally, on the way to work today, I've had to separate three or four kids from, you know, head high tackles and, you know, headlocks and all this sort of stuff because now it's accepted as part of the play. It's accepted as part of good AFL. The green handiwork would have scored highly with the grub committee and the committee sponsored by Roosters or Us is looking for grubbing anywhere during a game. They're not influenced by whether the overworked umpires, the MRO or the tribunal notice it or not. They're completely independent of those authorities. You've got to stress that. It's their own view about grubs and who should be included. The votes aren't in yet, but don't be surprised if the gong is not grub greens again. And as a bonus, the grub was made the All-Australian captain, te- sorry, the All-Australian team captain. I mean, that that's where the AFL stands on this meaning that the headlock and the punch are now accepted as part of the game. That's what I was trying to indicate just a minute ago. What a legacy the murderer leaves behind. Headlocks and punching are now part of AFL. Elsewhere, Buddy Franklin, farewell. The SCG was pure magic until I'm still choked up about it. I don't know what to do. Tears all around. Bud came out, grinned, waved, and suddenly the big man was gone. Rugby Union and the old gold fruit and nut a.k.a. the Wallabies, are now favourites for the World Cup in France. The gold are in Pool C, which features in order, wait for it, Georgia, Fiji, Wales and Portugal. They're all very beatable, except the opponents are the fruit and nut merchants. That's the only thing going against them. Uh, Now, I see Portugal as the real danger game. They could need that to get them out of the pool C, a win there, but Portugal, no easy beats. Sadly, in final pre-games hit out, Australia were thumped 41 to 17 by the host nation, France. They ticked every box on Coach Jones's card, i.e. they turned up, they looked professional. They knew where to stand at kickoff. They coped with the French early on and then they just let the French in. Well, they ticked every box except the one box that matters, i.e. winning. Many think the olds were running dead showing the hosts a whole lot of nothing. That's their great trick, though, the golds, showing everybody a whole lot of nothing. Athletics and Australia had our best ever meet in the world at Budapest. The team grabbed six medals, the best haul since Berlin in 2009. Women's high jump stood out. 
Patterson and Ollie Slagers uh, snared silver and bronze. And let's not forget the gold Nina Kennedy grabbed with the pole. Great jumping from great Australians. Basketball, uh, this is sad news. The wheels have gone horribly wrong with our tilt in uh, in the world. Uh, look, we started off pretty well. We beat Finland 98 to 72. Then we moved on to lose Germany. That wasn't the end of the world, but 85 to 82, so just got nipped there. Then we tackled uh, Japan where we clobbered the Japanese by about oh, heaps, 109 to 89. And then, well, then it got really hairy. Overnight we lost to Slovenia, 91 to 80, and the last match, which is still to come, is against Georgia, but it won't matter. Australia are out of the worlds. It's not great news. The final match, if you're interested in seeing some hoops and who isn't, uh, tomorrow, 5.30 Eastern. And now to get the blindside barge away from the war for another week, it's time to ask the man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice who incorporates the ethical obligation is again focused on the cost of living crisis. But what am I telling you this for? You're living it, Australia. There's good news from the shelf stackers this week, though. I snared one twenty-five gram punnet of blueberries for, wait for it, an incredible $2.50. One twenty-five grams for $2.50. Prices have plunged. The uh, Roy of Hope belongs to the activated one, Rampaging Roy Slavin, who's the best in the business, always gets the job done, no doubt about it. Now, Roy, have a rugby league. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week, fully six? I'm oh, Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and happy rugby league, of course, to uh, to you and, uh, of course, to your um, uh, family. And uh, happy rugby league to all. Well, decent, quiet, unassuming Aussies mm-hmm. who've had enough. Aussies who've had enough. They just want the madness to stop. Those sorts of Aussies. Stop the madness. That's a very powerful message. <laughs> very powerful message. Now, our demon, that's Alex Dimonar, is the last person standing at uh, Flushing Meadow. The uh, tennis crisis has really been fully exposed this week. Uh, round one exits, Aussie exits, I hate to, hate to say, included Kokonakis, of course, Thompson, Kubler, Duckworth... Vucic, it's the worst, I think, the worst uh, result we've had since records have been kept. Mm-hmm. The worst Australian performance ever. Oh, Roy. And what have we heard out of Tennis Australia? Not a word. No. Not one word. Mm. No wonder Rossi's according for the madness to stop. Mm. Mm. Now, uh, well, on the upside, Aussie Chris O'Connell... He stood up and took a set off Alex Medvedev, the former world number one. It took a terrific Aussie Anzac spirit, I described it as being. Uh, sure, he lost, but he lost with dignity. He lost like an Aussie. For that moment, when he won that uh, third set, I think it might have been, 7-6 in the tiebreaker, the madness stopped just for a moment. Not for long enough. Uh, now, Greek wunderkind uh, Maria Sakari, <clears throat> this is uh, at uh, Flushing Meadow, she suffered a first-round uh, US Open loss, of course, and complained about the excessive marijuana smoke on the court. Oh, Wafting no. all over the court. Oh. This is court 17, for those who are interested in, uh, in Flushing Meadow. 
in a smoke. Uh, I suppose so. Um, now, organisers are saying that there's, uh, you know, a little park nearby and that the smoke was coming from there. Others are saying that people were smoking openly during the match, sitting in Court 17, smoking away. I mean, the madness has got to stop. Now, Aussie Ben Simmons uh, commits to playing with the Boomers in Paris as part of the Olympic festivities. I believe that when I see it. However, the way we're played at the moment, uh, certainly in the worlds, we may well need him. Meh. Uh, we may we may well need Simmons. Uh, certainly, the Aussies didn't. They looked most unsettled. They looked unsettled right from the off. I don't know what was wrong. Uh, I haven't spoken to Brian Gudrun, the coach, uh, but I'm hoping to have a debrief uh, once Brian's back in Australia. He promised to uh, come on the program and uh, unload. His words, not mine. <laughs> Let's hope we're still on air for the unloading. Uh, now, very disturbing news this is. Almost half of our elite athletes are considering leaving sport altogether because of the economic cost. Uh, people have got no idea. The costs involved in uh, largely amateur sports, you've got to get yourself to the venue, you've got to go out training, you've got to train every day, you've got a job, you might, might have a mortgage, uh, you've got a family to look after, you, you've got all these pressures uh, and, of course, there's the overwhelming sense of madness in the community that just won't go away mm. and uh, is uh, hijacking people's sense of reason. Um, now, if our elite athletes... I've got, are struggling, how are ordinary Aussies going? That's what I worry about. Ordinary, hard-working Aussies. Very, very difficult time. I don't know if it's up to the government to reach out to our elite athletes and offer them some support. I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anything from the uh, sports minister or the opposition sports person. No, they're very quiet. Very, very quiet. Can I suggest this is all going into the too-hard basket? We might need someone who can can do. Someone like Alan Joyce, who's going to have a little bit of time on his hands, if we could afford him. And I just don't think Australian sport could afford Alan at the moment. No, I think you're right there. Uh, Alan, uh... I mean, he gets the job done, no two ways about it, but uh, he's not cheap. But then again, if you want cheap... Hmm. Hmm. Stick with what you got. Stick with what you got, exactly. Now, uh, still with uh, tennis, um, now Tsitsipas... Uh, was in a shock second-round loss and, as a result, uh, sacked Aussie coach Mark Philippus For the second time. For the second time. He only put it, took him back on a couple of weeks ago. We, we might have broken that story we on did. this program. How excited he was to get rid of Dad and Mum, who were rubbish, and put the poo back in. And the, the poo got him over the line. Might have been week before last, but Tsitsipas, uh, he's a hard taskmaster. yes. Yes. I wouldn't like to be coaching the bloke. Would know where to start. Would not know. The madness has never stopped, though. Well, right? it never stops. Yeah, it just keeps going. Now, Aussie test stars are criticised for, this is test cricket stars, criticised for filming themselves laughing at the Bairstow incident. Well, fair enough. It was funny. I mean, I'm thinking about it Who now. Who criticised them? Uh, the English press. Piers, uh, Piers well, you know, the usual. The usual names. The usual mob. Yeah. The usual mob of hopeless idiots. Um, I just thought it was a very funny incident and worth recounting. Yeah. And to see the boys laughing about it the way they were, it, it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, I can't stop looking at that video. Uh, and if ever I see someone down in the dumps on a bus you show them and the I've video. got uh, my mobile with me, 
I'll play it for them. Yeah. And you've got no idea how much it bucks people up. Oh. Now, there there it is. I've yeah, just no, sent you a, a, yeah, a message much. now, HG. That's very good. Yeah. That's very kind that, of that'll you. be there. Yeah, the video. Yeah. You'll get a laugh out of it, believe me. <laughs> I'll just wait for that to uh, turn itself off. Turn itself off. Could be an hour or two. All oh, right. Okay. Yep. No, take your time. You're all right. Good. Very good. Now, Mitchell Marsh, speaking of cricket. Player of the match, of course, in the first uh, T20 over South Africa. I think he scored 79 in about four balls. Uh, and I think they won the second match last night. Uh, and uh, I, I think Mitchell Maas scored 79 again in about eight balls. So he's doing very, very well. And he's certainly turned this team around and um, given them a terrific swagger. A swagger I haven't seen in the Australian T20 team for some time. And for that moment, for those moments in South Africa... The madness had stopped. But does anyone care? Oh, yes, they do care. Oh, do they? Yes, Aussies care. Yeah. Genuine Aussies, hard-working yeah. Aussies, decent yeah. Aussies. Family Aussies. Oh, family Aussies care. Of course they care. Of course they care. And they love Mitchell Marsh. The Marsh family. What credits they are to themselves. And Australia. And Australia, aren't they? Who can forget in Bali when they were holidaying there and Mitchell was called up for the Australian Test Team's quarter century, you recall that? I know, I know. That but just amazing, just amazing. Just amazing scenes. Great Aussies. Mm. Mm. No Mar- I won't have a word said against the Marsh family. I won't. Now, wonderful. Oh, well, before we get to the wonderful week, of course, Ricciardo was in a smash that broke his wrist. I know. No, I don't know how long he's going to be out. I have no idea. How long does a wrist take to heal? I have no idea. I I didn't see any images of the break. I don't know how bad the break is. Bad timing, though, with next year being sorted. I mean, you don't want to take on a driver who's got a dicky dicky wrist. I didn't know he was a dicky wrist merchant. Kept that to himself, Ricciardo. Yeah, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all, of course. Um, now, it seems to me the fans have been ignored as clubs select largely flag teams uh, so they can rest their stars. Having said that, though, how refreshing it was to see a couple of uh, new faces on Thursday night with the Storm versus the Broncos. Mm. Uh, certainly the Storm, uh, well, really, they've got some terrific talent there. <laughs> unearthing some tremendous talent. I don't know if it's locally grown or not. Let's say it is, Mm -hmm. uh, which means there's a bit of a revolution happening in Victorian Rugby League, which is uh, almost solely due to the influence of the storm, you'd have to say. (laughs) And Bellamy. Yes, you would. You'd have to say. (laughs) I mean... No one else is there. It's up to academics, but I would argue that's that's probably the case, that there is a relationship between the success of the storm and the development of rugby league in Victoria. You'd have to say that. It's unarguable. (laughs) Now, uh, Jared, of course, is out for the season. They threw the book at him. Threw the book Mm. at him. And the message seemed to be that they want Jared to stop being Jared. Well, I can tell you now, that's not going to happen. And I don't think rugby league fans want that to happen. I think rugby league fans want Jared to be Jared. They love Jared being Jared. Everyone loves Jared being Jared. I mean, who can forget that uh, terrific little barbecue he set up in the park? That was Jared, pure Jared. Oh, that match this well, time the, last the year. Match this time last year. Seven in the bin. That's right. Pure Jared. Pure Jared. He wasn't the only one. No, going he, in wasn't. The bin. Of course he, he wasn't. wasn't he wasn't the only one. He was the spark. He was the spark. The boil over. That's right. That's right. I mean, he he really is a spark, isn't he, Jared? And we missed him last night. I I, I know uh, Easts won. Uh, They won, uh, and I thought this was played down a little bit, uh, certainly by Sneesby's lot. They were playing for the Ron Coote Cup. I missed that. The Ron Coote Cup. Well, it was presented in the background. It should have been front and centre. There he was, the great Ron Coote there presenting the cup to the captain of East, uh, to uh, to Teddy. Teddy. Uh, And I think Teddy might have been man of the match. 
So it was a wonderful moment. A man of the match, Teddy, Ron Coote, the Ron Coote Cup being handed over. I know. And yet fans were denied it. I know. Outbreak of madness. Right. Now, for how long will the, um, just finally, how long will the NRL tolerate so many busted-ass clubs? I mean, I've never known a season like this. Just have a look. The Bulldogs, yeah. B.A., Tigers, B.A., St George, B.A., Souths, B.A. Oh, Souths, terrible. I mean... What's going on? What sort of message What sort of message is it sending send the community? Kids. The community. What it is saying is that state of madness, situation normal. <laughs> Make of that what you will. The Las Vegas Church of Rugby League is coordinating this year's Million Pants Burn for World Peace. Have you loosened your belt for the planet and international harmony? It's not too late. Just drop your decks at the sign of the Dove and Olive Branch. Listen for all locations on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, um, of course, the old gold fruit and nut lobbed in... Uh Look, they, like, they lobbed into Paris, HG, and uh, I did receive, uh, or we received, an email about it um, from John from Kelso. Ah, yes. Uh, Kelso is part of uh, Group 10 mm-hmm. Rugby League, and uh, John from Kelso says he once played for the Bathurst Railway Club. Oh, gee, that's a good credit. Uh, that's an even marvellous credit. Terrific uh, club, mm-hmm. Bathurst Railway. I don't know if Bathurst Railway is still going. Let's say they are. <laughs> Uh, now, he um, cited an article uh, in that was uh, published, of course, in France uh, where the uh, wallabies, wallabies were described as the kangaroos, which is a good start. <laughs> Fair enough. Very good start. Now, the first thing they did once they landed in uh, Paris was to go to the Monash Centre. Ah, yes. That's a big step out of Paris. I, I suppose it got, is. Quite a step. I think they had transport. They didn't, oh, yeah, they they, didn't walk. No, a bus. They got a bus, yeah. yes. They went there and uh, they presented a, um, a Guernsey, fully signed Wallaby Guernsey, and um, some flowers on the grave of... Uh, uh, this was Will Skelton, the captain, who organised this... Uh, to uh, a, a player, a former Wallaby, called uh, Twit, William Twit Tasker. Uh-huh, Twit was his nickname. Twit was his nickname Gee, because he player. was a bit of a Twit, yeah, apparently. Great player. great player. And uh, he, of course, uh, fell uh, at Gallipoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what he did have, HG, which I thought was poignant, uh, he was the first player ever to be sent off in an international isn't that fantastic? They can't take that away they from can't him. Take or the that. family. That's right. Uh, now, he was the first Australian rugby player to be sent off. In his case, he was sent off for unsportsmanlike behaviour mm-hmm. in a 6-5 loss to the University of California in Los Angeles in 1912. Right. Any idea what the unsportsmanlike no. Well, let's say he stomped on someone's head. Yeah. Or... Oh, I'm not saying he did, but yeah. let's imagine he did do that. Yeah. Because it'd have to be something... Pretty remarkable pretty in those remarkable days. In they those tolerated days. everything. They tolerated everything, everything in those days, of course. Of course. Dynamite at the date, all That's that sort it, of stuff. all of that. Mm. Oh, you could take it anything you like. Yeah. You could go with a set of Stilson's and, and take up its head off if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. And you still wouldn't get set off, so you can imagine what he got up to. Mm. And he would have worked up to that. Oh, sure. Great score, 6-5. Yeah, 6-5. Yeah. It was different scoring. I mean, you can picture it, can't you? You can picture it. The tension. The tension. 
So I thought that was a, a lovely thing to as a bonding thing for the team. I know it would be great, and I'm sure. And that to see the Monash Centre, which must be amazing. I think the uh, the might have been the Abbott government organised. Yeah, the Abbott. I think two hundred million was put in easily. 200 easily two hundred. Yes, million, and it's yeah. it's just a highlight of people's trip to Europe these it days. Is. No, and not only Australians. I mean, no, oh, everyone you know, goes. People from Iceland. I know. Beeline. People who know trip. nothing about Australia go there. To learn about Australia. That's right. Now, one thing that worries me is, is the jumper left outside on the grave? I don't know. Can't help Just there. rotting away. Well, I don't know. I don't and know. What flowers, happens to these? What happens to these I, flowers? Are they know. redistributed to people who are deserving? I don't know. I think they're left there. I, think, I just think they're left there. Right. Well, and the blokes get back on the bus and, oh, well, I suppose the people who... Uh, There'd have to be someone who looks after the Monash Centre who'd sit by the door making sure people don't do silly things. Mm-hmm. Maybe... They look after it. Maybe oh, fold up the Guernseys, see, put it away. See, I've get the flowers, put them in a jug, or something. I don't know. You know, they spent a lot of money on it, and hardly anybody goes mm. to the monastery. Set. It's lost the glamour that it once had, mm. like the Taj Mahal, really. Yes. Um, now. What I was was Monash ever made a field marshal? I don't think it was. Well, this is a big argument. It is a big he, argument. He, he, and people say he should be retrospectively. Yeah, and, and I say, agree with that. And people say that's a joke. Do they? How can <laughs> Do they? They do, or right. they stayed stupid because right. he didn't. He was the only one with brains. I know. Well, in the whole operation, oh, well, Monash. Yeah, but you get you know four people enrolled in the Australian Army had brains. Yeah, no, days. but I'm talking about about the Allies. Oh, yeah, he was no. the only one who made sense among the Allies. I mean, he worked out the way of uh, beating the b- breaking the deadlock. Yes, yes. The careful use of troops and bombs. That's what it was about. The careful use. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Now, can I ask, yeah. I, I I know you've been very proactive in making, turning the Monash Centre to, into a more, mm. what I'd call... User-friendly. User-friendly. Yeah. Theme park. Theme park, yeah. Immersive experience. That's right. So trenches would be dug. Yes. Bombs would go off. You'd be buried in mud. Water would come down in the wrong time and all that sort of all stuff. All that, yep. Now, it seems to me that this is the only way we're going to get value for money out of this joint. Mm. It's all very well for people like, you know, Skelton to take Skelton. the bus out there yeah. and, you know, put the Guernsey on the grave and all that. So it's great. That's great. great. Mm-hmm. No, there was no vision that I saw of that. I've never seen anything on no, YouTube no, no, about no. it. No, no, no. Sneezeby didn't cover it. No. But is, is the rugby on Channel no, 9? It's no, 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 it's no, not. No, it's on 7, is it? I well, it's so. on we'll 10. I don't know. We'll have to work that out because no one knows. No one knows. And it's starting really soon. But see, I thought that would have been a terrific story for all, you know, Everybody, for, Everyone, for Australians to know about. Yeah, special, special yes. wallabies at Monash Centre. Yeah. You know, admittedly they'd be called kangaroos in the coverage on the French television. Sure. Uh, I don't know how you translate kangaroo into French, but be that as may, yeah. that's something for the experts. Well, I tell you what, the French don't know, don't know much about wallabies, do they? They don't. They don't. They don't. Well, there's something missing there, isn't there? There is. And now, I what I... don't know I... who's in charge of uh, promoting wallabies in Australia, but uh, someone's falling... Pulling down off their the duties, yeah. Now, can I ask... And how often the Wallabies got to go to France before they're recognised? I mean, how often have they got to get off a bus and be laughed at as being kangaroos? They must hate it. Hate can, it. Can I ask, do you think it was a bonding experience that will help them in the battles to come? For of course it will, yeah. Because they, they know say, they've been to the Monash. And yeah. they'll say, Tret! Yep. That could be their magic word. Will be. So, Tret! Yep. Off they go. You yep. Know, the bit as you go in with the boot, Twit. <laughs> <laughs> Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together we can. 
If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 222. And the Wallabies are on Stan, if anybody's interested. Uh, and Stan. I know millions. Stan, millions will be interested. Especially when they show the highlights of the trip to the Monash yeah. Centre. That'll be the first time many Australians will have seen the Monash Centre. Well, I've never seen it. And when we spent a couple hundred million. Yeah, I've never seen it. Well, I've got to be honest, I haven't either. And oh. I think this is most remiss because you would think that in the War Memorial yeah. there would be a brother, sorry, a sister city relationship yeah. Yeah. or brotherly. Is it a building, building. the Monash Centre? Oh, is it yeah, a building? Building. Right. Yeah, building. building. But there's plenty of room for trenches and. The oh, theme park to okay. be built around it. Right. Okay. And bombs going off. Now, people, uh, you yeah. know, are suggesting that I didn't give out the text number. Well, I did, but here it is again, 0467 920 or the old style way, Roy mm. Now, <sighs> can I raise two issues? Mm. The What are we doing about changing culture in rugby league? Right. This is a big issue that's reared its head again because people say, well, let's take the Bulldogs, for example, is that this is a bit hard to unravel, but a player turning up for training late was bashed by all the other players in the uh, top 30 ticketed players or, you know, registered players, so much so that he he couldn't walk and he had to drag himself away and then refused to turn up for more training because he thought he'd get bashed again, which is fair enough. Yes. Now, can, in the modern era... Can bashing change culture? And when I say culture, it's hard to get everybody on the same page. And I often use the example of some people want Jimmy Barnes, Mm. some people want Andrea, I don't, and other people want Michael Bublé. Now, Mm. they're all people connected with big shows in Australia and Mm. rugby league. Now, you think, well, maybe some of these people have a genuine dislike of, say, Andre Rieu because he's Austrian or whatever it is or the master. He's Dutch. I don't know where he's from, (laughs) really. So. Andre. We've got He's just great, though, isn't he? <laughs> he is great. Yeah. I don't believe in the modern era that bashing players is very helpful at all. Mm. I think that... Well, it's a bit like discipline in schools, isn't it? I mean, there's a... We gave know, that up, didn't a we? strap work. There's corporal punishment. Does it work? Yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's corporal the point. Punishment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is fear a useful tool in education? That, that's essentially what you're asking. Do people learn better in, fe- in a state of fear? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, let me get this right. Let me set this out. There was training was called. But there is a crisis in our schools in terms of discipline. We're we're the least disciplined nation on earth, apparently. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Its impact on rugby league is a bit hard to divine at this stage. Yet, maybe it'll come. It could be a legacy. Maybe the things are joined. Maybe there's a relationship there between rugby league culture and education. I don't know. Well, you've opened the can of worms and let me just try (laughs) try and... Try and isolate this to one particular incident. As I understand it, a bulldog yes. was tasked with getting to training at 8 o'clock one morning. Yes. Uh, the idea of coming at 8 o'clock was to give him half an hour to get strapped and oh, then yes. they'd run out at 8.30 to, you know, obviously under Ciro's direction, they'd be doing things. Yep. He decided that he didn't need strapping so he arrived at 8.10. Well, what was he going to do for so 20 minutes? Why didn't he come eight. at half past if that story was true? He was keen... To indicate that mm. he was a, an enthusiastic member of the dogs' oh, okay. camp and that he was there before he was needed oh, and therefore okay. he had 20 minutes to... So he arrived in 20 minutes early probably to make, a, what, coffee for the blokes? Yeah, exactly. Put yeah. the While on. they were getting strapped up. Strapped yeah, up, yeah. You'd make like a coffee while you're... Yeah, yeah, no worries, mate. That'd be great. <laughs> 
Saturday so, night lost. So, <laughs> so, and I suspect some of the equipment they were using that did inflation or placing out on the, you know, the, the training yeah. paddock or maybe even. The medicine balls. The med- all exactly, all exactly, that. that sort of stuff. The witches' the witch's hats. hats. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So there was a lot to do. Yeah. So he decided, okay, I'll get there early. I don't need strapping. I can. Yep. This wasn't good enough. No. This wasn't good enough. Mm. This wasn't good enough for the brutal regime that has been the dogs up until now. Mm. Now, let's not forget that the dogs were big early on about their multicultural round. They had people from all over the world playing at the club. They, everybody came along in costume, in national dress one day. It's they wonderful. ate their national food. Wonderful. 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 Then they had, um, you know, breakfasts. They had a lot of breakfasts where people met at 8.30 on a Monday morning, had breakfast together. The farewell so, to Grub Reynolds. Yeah, the farewell to Grub I mean, Reynolds. Uh, that was, was a bonding exercise. Bonding. Totally bonding. You know, that was great. He played in the reserves, yeah, I think. That's I how dedicated he was. Emotion. Yeah. Emotion. Yeah. So now we have the idea that this player yeah. who is in real trouble because he's obviously being bullied by the team. Yep. He's being affected badly by it. And I refer yeah. and compare and contrast the Crows' end-of-season trip when they lost the grand final to the Tigers. We're from Tigerland. That lot. Yeah. And they had to sit in the bus and listen to the club theme song with paper bags over their heads, yeah. not knowing where they were going or how it would end. Some people have never gotten over that. That's right. It was now, traumatic. Yes. Traumatic. Mm. Now, I've got to be honest here, is if I saw people getting punched in the head mm. and thinking, oh, I've got to punch this bloke in the head or otherwise I'll look like a clown, mm. I'd, I think I'd take the clown option. Yeah. I don't think it, does, it doesn't help either side here. No. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't help the players who arrived early but late. Yes. And it doesn't help the players who arrived early and decided they'd have to get involved in the shark bait sure. incident. Well, it depends how you approach it, HG. Often with uh, the way corporal punishment used to be administered in schools, as often the teacher would say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Oh, that's been said to me hundreds of <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, well, there you are, see? Hundreds of times. It's unconvincing to the person receiving the welts, but uh, anyway. Mm. Can I ask, mm. I just want to introduce this. The, you see, they talk about honesty sessions and Matty Johns, who's been in a few, says his guess would about 50% get the desired effect. Yes. Uh, but at the beginning of the week, the Rabbitohs coaching staff decided to lighten the moon. This is going back to the Rabbits, who had trouble the previous week, they not did. this last week, with Trell and, Luttrell and Co. We covered Cody, it last week. All of that. Yeah. Mm. They were going to have a bring, bring your dog day. Bring your dog day. Yeah, if the success oh, of bring your man, dog day. Oh, man, that can always go pear-shaped because <laughs> dogs don't get on. You're going to end up with dog fights. Oh, someone's going to get bitten. Next thing you know, we've got an outbreak of rabies. When will the madness stop? <laughs> if bring your dog day is any indication of South's fortunes, the sign ain't good because the back row of Joy Arrow's dog attacks Jason Demetrio's Labradoodle. Oh, Labradoodle, don't get me started. <laughs> They're a joke. When the madness going to stop with these breeds? Anyway, so look, it goes on there. Well, they don't shed fur. That's the beauty, beauty of a doodle. They, that's why people like them because you can is have it? them around the house and they don't drop stuff yeah. everywhere. I mean, they still, they're still, still back door. Yeah. yeah, have to worry about. Mm. Now, look, I was wondering if you had, with your experience at yeah. Shamrocks, yeah. any way of dealing with this when you had bludgers who wouldn't turn up on time or missed the bus to go up to Orange yeah. or, yeah. You, know, it, you know, did the grass have an attitude towards this corporal punishment? Well... What, this is what you'd call player-driven punishment. Play, well, we never had what you'd call player-driven punishment. No, okay. no. But Grass had his own methods, of course. Um, 
if you're, you know, late for training or if you didn't put in or often we'd give each other a score after a match, you know, on the, the following Tuesday when we'd meet for the first training. You know, if the game was on Sunday, we'd have Monday off and then Tuesday you'd have to turn up with your marks. <laughs> so you'd mark everyone, including yourself. You had to give yourself a mark. Yeah. And if your mark was, you know, within or outside a standard deviation of 10 of the general average mark given What's by the everybody mark else. Of? What's the mark 10, out of? Always marked out of 10. Right. So if you gave yourself six uh, and the rest of the team gave you two, yeah. well, then you were in trouble yeah. because, you know, obviously you were not seeing it as, not you, should. Seeing as you should. The, yeah. the reality is yeah. So you had to be honest. It. So most people used to mark themselves down and then everybody marked themselves down and then it became pretty well meaningless. But anyway, because <laughs> everyone would give themselves naught, I didn't try hard enough, even though we'd won, you know, and so Grass would get upset then and storm out. We wouldn't see him for a couple of weeks. But anyway, that's a different story. But often we'd uh, sit around and give each other marks and then there'd be the punishment. Grass would call someone out who didn't put in or was late for training or had made an idiot of themselves or had disgraced themselves. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Disgraced themselves after the match at the pub. Ah, uh, yeah. That sort of thing yeah. that brought the game into disrepute or made the club look silly wrong. or yeah. wrong yeah. Uh, or he was forced to deal with it. He was receiving phone calls at the presbytery saying your players are out of control at the at the Bloodhouse Hotel, which often happened. Mm-hmm. And so Grass had come down and he was really upset and then we knew we were in trouble on the Tuesday when we get together. What would happen is the bag on the head. He'd come with a brown paper bag and if uh, a player was called out and sat in the middle, there'd be a brown paper bag put on his head. He'd have to stand there, not sit, and then someone had to go up and dead leg him. And with your knee. Yes. And so you never knew who it was that dead legged you. Uh, you never knew. And sometimes it was a double dead leg. And people hated that because often with a double dead leg, the bloke was out for the next match. Yeah. And so everyone suffered, you know, especially when it's a good player like Stomp. Stomp got double dead leg twice in the one season and missed four games. And we missed out on the finals because by four points. Which Isn't we would amazing? have won. Isn't that amazing? And so that... we pointed that out to Grass and he said, oh, I don't care. A lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. Now, several things here. Did you have a problem of people blabbing to the media in Lithgow? About, about who did uh, the double dead leg? Well, yes. take that. Or yeah, club issues. Get out. Club issues. Yeah, club issues. Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously the front page of the, of the sure. local, the bugle or whatever it was, yeah. the, you know, yeah. shamrock's in trouble. Yeah. You know, and then a story. Shamrock's feel up. the heat. Yeah, Beat that, up story. that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, and, another double dead leg in the dressing room. How did that get out? You know, so, so there was someone blabbing. Yeah, of course. And, but then again, Len Ashworth at the uh, at, uh, at, at, at the Lithgow Mercury, he used to pay for stories. Oh no! From the players, like he'd sling them a few bucks and say, you know, who got dead leg this week? You know, here's five bucks or something bag. like that. Yeah, who was there? Who was there in the, the bag? bag. And so the word would get out. We hated that. Now, how about the Wheel of Fortune with the punishments written on the where the stroke, the spokes of the wheel, and you spin the wheel? No, to see we would. Pun- oh, this this is uh, this is more Canterbury, isn't it? Isn't yeah, they, no, they, they call that. it a wheel. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't have anything elaborate like that. No, 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 no. It was no. a fairly simple. Yeah. Oh no, and- no. Uh, grass would always do. We had a blackboard and chalk, and he always rubbed out at the end of every every training session and said, "Boys, commit this to me- men. Commit this to memory, right?" And no one's going to find out. 
these are our plans, it's a secret. Rubby, rubby, rubby. And then it was just in our heads. Get the right result every time you book in for an HIA appointment. Use the system that keeps the bludge team on the park. That's the do-it-yourself HIA test with the results confirmed by the quack who knows a bang to the head. Dr. Comatose Verstappen. Just ring the hotline on bludging on the blind side. Now, just before we go on, coming mm. back to this problem, there is yep. the other side of the coin, which is the ice cream solution. So Super League, you know, obviously destroyed Canterbury. Yep. Some of the players agreed to join Super League, people like Dean Pay, J- Jason Smith, Jared McCracken, these are names from Jimmy Dimmick. Mm. Uh, they defected soon after to the ARL and it completely split the playing group. Yeah. Things festered so badly that too much refused to talk. Matty Johns uh, got this from the Canterbury people mm. to talk. And, and by mid-season, the Bulldogs were the end of horrible defeats. With finals in sight, Coach Anderson decided enough was enough and called the players into a room stacked with beer, locked the doors and declared, no one leaves until we sort this out. Sorted out, they did. Beautiful. Isn't that a great story? Yeah, that is a great story. And it brings the... Carton of beer. It often it solves so, a lot of so problems. so simple, isn't it? I know. Locking the doors helps. Locking the door helps, yes. Mm. That's right. Mm. And a lovely story about from emerged this week from the storm Mm. about Dallas Johnson, the uh, winger, who had a broken leg. Did he really? And he still turned up to training because he didn't want to be late. He didn't want to have the head in the bag. He didn't want to be punched. He didn't want to be punched, yeah. No, it's senseless. Mm. Uh, And so he went on the run that uh, Bellamy, of course, no surprises here, knew he had a broken leg but Mm. still made him go on the run. Made him run good. Mm. And so he dragged this broken leg around the, you know, the oval and so on and up the hills and down. What a message that sends to the other players. It does. It does. An excellent message. No one had a word in his ear. He just made it up himself and thought, oh, bloody hell, it's a broken leg. I'll be playing with a broken leg most of Mm. the time so I might Mm. as well get used to it. Mm. When they come to the last turn of the – obstacle course that Bellamy had created. Yes. All of a sudden, uh, one of the players stops and says, enough of this, we're going to cross as a team together. So they waited three or four hours for, for Dallas, Dallas to join catch them. up. Oh, yeah. Then they all crossed over the line together. Exactly. Bellamy was so impressed, he asked, who was the person who decided to do all of that and come mm. in together? Mm. And Cam Smith stepped forward. It was I, sir. And th- then Bellamy knew who his captain was going to be. Isn't that a wonderful rugby league story? It is. It's got every It's about element. bonding. It's about putting the team first. It's about culture. Thanks very much. It's about culture. Culture. Indefinable culture. Indefinable culture. That we yeah. don't care about broken legs. No. We want to be a team. No, we want to be a team. And We're, Cam's our leader. Yep, yep. We'll wait for you, bro. Mm. We're here for you. We're here for you. That's the message, isn't it? And exactly. that's what rugby league is about, isn't it? Mm. It's about mm. being there for someone else. Not yourself. Unless you're Joe here. That's right. But that's what we love about Jared. <laughs> now, talk back topics. How'd you go last oh, week? Oh, look, last week, HG, I think we we had, should Australia um, uh, have a federal World Cup ministry? Yes, that's right. I was fascinated by that. I was that fascinated one. by that. Well, 57% of people said yes. 57 Oh, that's a bit disappointing, Well, isn't it? it is a little. Only 7% said yes in Queensland. Queensland are most resistant to this idea, and I don't know why. And can I ask, would we go for everything? Like, I know there's a World Cup in... Well, basketball, basketball at the moment. Or netball, netball. Netball earlier. Yeah. And are, are you seriously... Or are, well, I'd like Australia to be the, 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 the World Cup capital of the world. Yeah, I know. What an ambition, and only 50% yeah. of the people want that. Want that, I know. And I don't know why. And I don't very get resistant. It. 
You know, and of course we... Maybe it was the way I worded it or something. I don't know. Well, let's try again with another yeah. topic, not straight away. No, not straight away. Let's down. give people a little while to... Forget it. Regatta, yeah. This week's um, talkback topic, HG, is a simple one. Now, uh, do you want the madness stopped? <laughs> Do you know the number? That's a joke. There'll be no one there to answer it. But but that's all right. We get a record anyway. Yeah, we do. We get a record. We get get the information. So don't expect to talk to anyone and don't expect the phone call to be answered, but we'll know. That you've rung and we want your opinion, Australia. we value it. Do you want the madness to stop? Yeah. It's a terrific topic. It is, isn't it? I'm just not sure. I mean, I love the madness because it's so stupid, but then I'd like it to stop for a while so I could return to Get some relief. Yeah. The International Panel on Climate Change has released startling evidence that suggests rugby league is the best sport for the environment. The panel believes all nations should establish a rugby league competition. This simple fact is known by all Australians listening to bludging on the blind side. Yes, uh, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. And uh, if you want to get involved with the show, 0467 920 2 0467 is the text number. And then the uh, email is royanhg at abc.net.au. royanhg at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. Uh, yes, they have, HG. This comes from uh, Liam in Waverley. New South Wales says, uh, when thinking about exporting rugby league to the USA, you may recall that in 1987, a fourth state of origin exhibition match yes. was played at uh, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Long Beach, California. That's correct. Mm. Beautifully promoted with a... It was. Yeah. With the, uh, I think the someone... The poster. Yes, I think uh, might have been... Oh, Wayne Junior Wayne Pierce. Wayne Junior Pierce being, being held, held upside up by down by the Cruets. Yeah. In the McDonald's that put people off. Well, I don't know that it put people off. It needed an explanation. Mm, did. Why is that bloke being held upside down by the Cruets? He's playing rugby league. He's what? Anyway, <laughs> some of the names involved in this match included Hasler, Langmack, Gilmister, Cornescu, Magor and Vorton. Yes, that's right. That'd be right. Further, the nas- <laughs> further to the national conversation called for on your program, I would like to know if Mrs Volandis and Abdo have made any overtures to the pioneers of the uh, 87 Long Beach game to be involved in the planning for the Las Vegas jaunt. Are you thinking, a, you know, sort of like a parade of players? Well, I'm not thinking anything. This is Liam's thoughts. He's saying if not a steering committee made up of these former origin greats should be established immediately. A committee chaired by Alf Langer, Andrew Ettingshausen or Crusher Cleal would provide invaluable insights into the American market and also act as a sounding board for first-time chef de Michon on uh, envoy Matthew Lodge. At the very least, the NRL may consider a tribute to the 1987 pioneers by way of a motorcade along along the trail to the Allegiant Stadium. I like that last bit. That's terrific. So pilgrims with their student badges on... Like into the uh, Blinkered Knights of Balaclava for a, you know, a hot dog or something like that, you yeah. know, would be able to wave yes. as they saw some of the heroes of 86 go by. You know, it's not too late for just prior to the grand final this year for those pioneers to be brought out. I mean, oh, wouldn't well, that, that be wonderful be, It would be see. a wonderful gesture. Yeah. I mean, that's a I legacy. Mean, I don't know how many, just about all those teams would still be with us. 
You'd imagine the teams of eighty seven, the team of eighty seven. The would they be well into their sixties? They would, but nonetheless, but you could fit them. You know, on the back of a truck, you'd have the Blues and the Maroons, the Pioneers of eighty seven. Here they come. Imagine the reception they'd get. It would be amazing. There wouldn't be a dry eye in the house. No, I can that's tell right. You. Yeah, it would be fantastic. You'd have to keep them on separate ends of the ground. Otherwise, oh, otherwise the it'd old... be a fight started. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, now, this comes from Scott in Elwood, Victoria. Oh, yeah. He said, I'd like to contribute to the national conversation. Oh, good. Yeah, I like how this. how to promote rugby league in Las Vegas. We know Australia's poker machine manufacturers are the finest in the world. Yes, I think Ainsworth is a name I connect with that. Uh, Tasmanian? Is that right? No, I don't know. They have a lot of poker machines in Tasmania, all owned by the same people. That's right. Could be the name. Could be, yes. Mm. Uh, so I propose we commission someone like Aristocrat to design a rugby league-themed machine that could be featured in all Vegas casinos. The machines could also feature star players like Luttrell and Payne Haas and mascots like Reggie the Rabbit and Buck the Bronco. You could win a jackpot by spinning a 40-20 or win six free spins with a six again. Oh, yes. You could even program the machine so every player wins so Americans learn that gambling on rugby league equals winning. I like two bits about that, the six again and the, six again and the winning. And the 40 is not bad yeah, either. That's good. You can work at 40 20 And that. the mascot's coming up, like six Reggies. In yeah. A row. Fantastic. So that whenever they see a 40 20 out there, they could say, I know about this. I went on this. You know, it'd be great. This comes from Paul. I recently vacated my footy mad son's sixth birthday and went to Costco after hearing of their wide variety of sporting-themed cakes. I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this. Uh, Much to my surprise, there was indeed a large variety, including tennis, golf, AFL, soccer and rugby, but no rugby league. Oh, that doesn't surprise I asked the baker on duty if they had any rugby league cakes. <laughs> Perhaps they were out the back. She gave me a blank look and directed me to the rugby cake. I didn't have the time to argue the difference between the two sports and dropped the rugby cake, hoping my son wouldn't realise. Got me thinking about why the NRL wouldn't make and sell rugby league-themed birthday cakes uh, from League HQ. Kids love rugby league and they love cake. Birthdays are celebrated 365 days a year. Can you imagine the anticipation and talk throughout the birthday party from kids and adults alike about what cake will be revealed? Will it be an eel, Parramatta eels cake or a monster cake? Well, or the cake comes in club colours. Yes. Like tigers or yes, dogs right. or whatever it is, sharks. Oh. It's endless. It's endless. With uh, the proper planning and ingredients, this could be launched in Vegas in 2024. The Americans would love the whole no pads, no helmets, but they would equally love a Kevy cake or a Munster cake and providing millions of green shoot opportunities for rugby league. That's a terrific idea. They're both really good. I mean, really all of these ideas are good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you put them all together... It's incredible. You know, you, you, you've got... Um, the world's at our feet. Mm. Well... Rugby league this speaker. comes from Luke from Tokyo. Wow. He says, vis a vis Rugby League's foray into Las Vegas, I recall that many years ago, handbillers would line the Las Vegas Strip handing out pamphlets advertising the services of glamorous ladies of the night, mm-hmm. often in a way that left little to the imagination. While the Las Vegas authorities have since clamped down on much of this activity, perhaps we could revive this approach in a much more family-friendly way with a volunteer army of rugby league fans lining the strip, handing out pamphlets, pamphlets advertising the games to curious locals, making it clear it's for families and punters, not sickos and pervs. 
the pamphlets would have to clear, have a clear message, and I'd suggest leading with no pads, no helmets. Yeah, yeah, no good. Big hits, bigger returns, and everyone's a winner, guaranteed. With a QR code that takes you straight to an online betting service as a start. Some tasteful photographs of the rugby league stars that'll be playing might help catch the eye too. But again, nothing lewd. We don't want any confusion with the other services on offer. No, that's a terrific. Aren't they great? Ideas, um, great um, ideas, and well thought through, yes, and easily gettable between now and March That's the twentieth. Right. That's uh, right. March That's the second. Right. And March we the 20th, know we know that rugby league is listening. Yes, that's right. That's now, right. if they're serious about <clears throat> this, a lot the, of these ideas they'll take on board. The poker machines, in particular, I think, is an excellent because that talks their language. It does. Mm. It does. Now, this comes from Callum, and uh, he says, "Last week, I listened to the episode and was astounded." by the idea of a lottery-style hunt of wild pigs in New South Wales. It's going back a couple of weeks. Yes. I think we had the $200 million, million dollar pig. pig. Yeah, it was the top of the tree, so That's to right. Speak. Mm. That's right. Just as a means of encouragement to get people but, out shooting. I know. Exactly. Exactly. We're not. Then the, uh, the chat about the circus-style celebration of the Las Vegas games had me excited to attend. But then I had a eureka moment. Why doesn't the New South Wales government round up the wild... Well, they're not so much in New South Wales. It had to be the Queensland government. I think they're more in Queensland. Than, well, they're around Warrialdi. Oh, Warrialdi like away. They're, they're breeding like well, rabbits. Well, the Cleels. The, the Cleels are doing... The Cleels could get you a dozen a, pigs within half two an hour. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't the New South Wales government round up the wild pigs and drop them here, that is, in Las Vegas? If there's one thing, the, us Americans, we love hunting and we love shooting. Well, I hadn't True. thought of that. My daughter Ivy could fire a rifle before she said her first word, which was MAGA. <laughs> I like uh, Callum. I, I guess you could paint the pigs with team colours. Yes. I'd love to gun down a wild pig in the Chooks colours uh, with, with a Steggles logo on it. Well, of course, Of course, Steggles. that'd be a target. As an added novelty, even attach a page from the Book of Feuds to a few so we could collect the book... Uh, you can collect the book, The More Few More Pigs You Kill. Yeah. Neat little collector's item. Anyway, guys, just sort of leave those suggestions with you and let you know that I am excited. <laughs> this excellent. is uh, Callum living in Las Vegas. I'm not sure exactly how we get the pigs there, though. Do, are they part of the live sheep export trade, as well, in load the boat up with pigs? Well, you'd have to disguise them as sheep, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. To, uh, although they're pretty it. cunning, those authorities. I mean, getting uh, get, a getting a ship full of pigs into America mightn't be as easy as it sounds. No. You might have to fly them in. Fly them in? Don't know. And do we let them go? And if so, what do the local well, authorities? Well, we have to release them, in a, you, know, you know, within the boundaries it, of the, of the uh, where, where the game's going to be played, wouldn't we? Oh, inside the LA Inside the, yeah, and let people have a shoot that, away before, and then clean that, it up before the game starts. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I there, think there'd be a way. Yeah, there'd be some people. You know, I mean, yeah. they're used to handling these sort of things in Vegas. Sure. They put on shows like this all the time. They do. They do. They do. Uh, I mean, if we, if Abdo reached out to Alan Joyce, he might be able, be able to, to get a plane get or two. Get a plane or two. To fill them up. Earmarked. Yeah. You know, the pig the, special. Something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Certainly you'd have to talk to the Americans about it. You couldn't just surprise. You couldn't just land and say, well, the pigs are here. They're going to say, what? <laughs> what? what? What do you want? <laughs> Something to what do with you... rugby league? Ah. Now, uh, this uh, this comes from Matty. Uh, now, he says, recently driving through Mudgee, 
Oh, yeah, lovely part. Lovely part of the world. Yeah. I came yeah. across the local paper, the Midwestern Mail magazine, and Channel 9 legend Ken Sutcliffe has a page entitled Observations. Wow. That's good, isn't that it? That is good. Lovely fella, Ken. He's retired from he has, front from, line. The from the wide sport. world of sport. Yeah, some I was associated ago. with the wide world of sport. Yeah. Ken. Did that, that for many years, didn't he? Yeah, those words go together. They do. They do. Mm. They do. Mm. Now, he celebrates the new BMX pump track and toilets as follows. Ken says, and he's quoting Ken here from his article, Glenn Willow is to get a pump track with the help of a $360,000 grant from Mulaban Mines. Yes. Well, that's got to be good, isn't it? For the uninitiated, pump tracks are purpose-built BMX tracks on acreage and have become a huge hit for locals and tourists alike. Isn't that good? Yeah. To enhance the facilities, seating, shading uh, and much-needed toilet block will also be included alongside the development. It's a growth industry, says Ken, toilet blocks. Rylestone Caravan Park is also getting a new one. Now, that's what I call genuine relief. Oh, it's, it's all the, it's all the uh, coverage... Got that sort of lewd Ken style. <laughs> Apparently so. He's changed his style from Wide World of Sport, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's really coming he's to really, his He's uh, really branched out. Yeah. Um, so uh, watch this space as Mudgee hosts the NRL clubs and plans have been drawn up for a rugby league centre of excellence at Glen Willow. I didn't Jeepers know that. Goodness. Now, that uh, mining company. Yes. Uh, I may be talking out of school here, but didn't they get into trouble with uh, wanting to expand their mine where people were living? I think so. And uh, so, so this is what would we call, you know, sort of cold. Well, people took umbrage, I think. Yeah, they did. They did. They, they did. thought it was. I think it was weird. open cut too, wasn't it? So it wasn't ah, as if you could stay okay. in your house and they were drilling underneath. I, I think they just wanted to. Dig up your house. Dig up your house. And move it on. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, thank goodness they've got some toilets there for people to move into. Well, yeah. You can go mm. to the caravan park. And then use the <laughs> facilities. That's right. Uh, now, this comes uh, just finally actually from Sean. He says, uh, my work allows me to travel extensively through Australia, mm-hmm. passing many landmarks, marks, often stopping along the way to take photographs. Uh, in particular, I enjoy the big things. Well, Who don't, don't we all? He mentions the obvious ones. Now, recently on a trip to North Queensland, I stopped in Gordonvale, just south of Cairns, to take a photograph of this sign. Now, the sign says, Gordonvale, hometown of NRL champion... Nate Miles. Wow! Mm. Isn't that great? Now, this got me thinking. My proposal uh, is this is to erect a 1,001 scale of Nate Miles from the neck up, aptly, aptly naming it the Big Head. <laughs> it's not a bad would, idea. Would that, the Arts Council get involved in that? Well, I suppose so. Not only would it put the town of Gordonvale on the map, but also duly recognises one of the biggest, if not the biggest head ever to play rugby league. What a fascinating question that is. Who had the biggest head in rugby league? I noticed uh, uh, Nate, uh, he might have been on Talking Footy or one of those shows. Not Talking Footy, but uh, whatever Channel 9 does sometimes on Sunday mornings, they have some sort of... Yes, yes, they have. Yeah, I, I anyway, Nate appeared. His head is normal size now. It's as if it's been let down since he stopped playing rugby league. He's... He must have pumped it up. Artificially. Yeah, I would say so. He might have had one of those head pumps that rugby league players were using there for a little while. Oh, it was very dangerous. Sure, it gave you a big head, but... (laughs) (laughs) Encouraged concussion. Yeah, it did. Now, the thing is, I think Nate's coaching, isn't he? He is. He's coaching... He is. He's shrunk his head and gone into coaching. coaching. Yeah. 
Um, Terrific player, though. Yeah, oh, great I could player. do everything with that head. Oh, that head. I yeah, mean, no. it just went everywhere, didn't yeah, it? It did. I mean, you couldn't stop looking at it. No, that's right. I mean, it just put playing against him. Yeah, all you saw, all was, you the saw head was the head coming Until the you. collision happened. Uh, yeah. Then you thought, thank God for that. Now, he said, why stop there? It's only right that we honour more of our rugby league legends. He wouldn't mind the big, big buttocks at Leichhardt Oval. Oh, yeah, that's good. Paul Sirenen, the big squirrel for Martin Bella. Yeah. Uh, the big poke for John Hopawati. And finally, installation of the big grub. Homage to past and present grubs of any sport to be located in Melbourne at the Grub Centre of Excellence to be maintained by the Melbourne Storm. <laughs> He's thought it through. He has, and and very geographically correct. Yes. Placing things around the place. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there we are. The, They're excellent suggestions. They are. Hasn't they are. the American, um, well, Las you know, Vegas, trip, is Las Vegas galvanized. It, it, it's galvanised the community to think rugby well, league the community, in a whole new way. Exactly. The Aussies want it to work. They do, mm. and will do anything to make a success of it mm. if the rugby league listens. What sport single-handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win? Rugby League. Celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, you listen to Bludging on the Blind Side, and Roy, this week, uh, well, I think we broke this story some time ago, but we didn't have the dimensions of it. Mm. It's got to do with the area that they'll be playing on. In at, Vegas. In Vegas mm. at the Death Star, the Alley Giant Stadium. Yeah. Uh, so it's the um, it's three costs three billion dollars to build this thing, mm. and it's not rugby league compliant from no, my sure point of view. It's so mm. it's five meters narrower than a traditional ground, mm. and the uh, obviously Sneesby's people think when you consider the length of the field is also four meters shorter. That's more than a million fewer square inches, old speak, to steal or defend. Oh man, a million square well, inches. <laughs> This isn't going to work. You can't play on a ground that's five metres narrower. And expect. And expect. To get the product yes. that we experience. You need fewer players. You have to play nine players or something. There's going to be too many players. So uh, there's less room for. Ex- now, last night there was a terrific try from the East Winger. Yeah. Uh, right right on the line. And yeah. he was airborne and. Oh, it was magnificent. It was. It Balletic, was. beautiful. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, commentators said the South Sydney hooker Damien Cook said, I don't think AJ, that's referring to Alex Johnson, their fullback is going to be too happy about that, not scoring any tries in Vegas. Yeah. Maybe we can change it into 12 men per game. Someone can get oh, bin straight men. away. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, the NRL wants to showcase expansive football to the uninitiated, but it'll have less room to do so. The five yeah. missing metres is the width of the channel in which Johnson, that's the uh, fullback for Souths, yeah. and the game's most acrobatic wingers comes to life. I might have his position wrong. In fact, I have got it wrong. Look, I think the there. width of the, of the park is more important than the length of the park. Yeah, well, I'd switch it around the other way. So at least it's wide enough. I mean, it might only be 20 metres long, but... As long as you've got the width so you can see the the moves. Now, I agree. Now, what happens here is is this cuts into, say, there was a parade of players beforehand. Yeah. How are we going to fit that on there? I don't know. The most spectacular tries are those when they plant the ball down by defying gravity. That's yeah. what they want to see. No helmets, no pads, and see the men fly, etc. Yeah. So far, now, you think about wingers diving into the corners like normal-sized field. It's more narrow. It's more narrow, Seabold said. This is Anthony Seabold, obviously coach of Manly, who's going to take be part of the double header. Yeah. One of the things we'll be doing leading up to that week, we'll try to find a field that has the same dimensions. 
as what we're playing on. We practice how we want to play our football. Now, Seabold is well qualified because part of his playing career, he spent time at Hull KR, yeah. I think that's Hull Kingston Rovers, yeah. where the home ground Old Trafford was almost the identical dimensions. Oh, is it really? It was a similar 63 metres, the same size as the one we're playing on. Yeah. Uh, the kicking game is still viable and important. That doesn't change. The defenders are a bit more shoulder to shoulder due to the spacing. So we need to look at tactically what's this, you know, on and on yeah. it goes. Yeah. But listen, what worries me is it's a, it's not a, so it's not a like-for-like like product. It's not. And these subtle it's variations, not. distance, Yeah, people are going to be arriving on Tuesday when they should be arriving on Monday for the pass. Mm. They've got shorter run. You know, yeah. they're going to time their run. The timing will all be out. Yes. It'll take them ages to get used to it. There won't be any time to rehearse on no. it. And I use that word rehearse advisedly. Yes. Because th- these things are going to be planned to the minute. Yes. Unless they uh, start... Practicing on shorter and smaller grounds here in Australia before they go. Well, can the league afford to send people to play on the King? Uh, sorry, the whole in yeah. Hull on the ground there. Yeah, because that could be a possibility. That is a possibility, I suppose. Yeah. Now the one. Well, no, that's shocking news. It is. It is very. Because bad. we're not selling. We're not showing them the genuine product. Exactly, the genuine product. That's right, and we're not showing it. And the, to the Americans are going to scratch their heads and think, "Well, it's not quite right. It needs to be weighted." You know, and they're right. <laughs> are we going in? But we're going to explain. Well, yeah, normally it is. Well, why aren't you playing? Well, oh, no. can we take some of the seating out? Is that the issue? Well, can I just ask? Are we saying to the Americans, "Look, it's not quite. We're not playing on the same size as a field that we're at home," or do we just pretend that's? Not r- well, they're going to pretend, there. knowing the rugby league, head of the sand. Yeah, they'll think. They're going to pretend, oh, no, this is it. This, this is what you're yeah. getting. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not shorter. No, it's no, not wider. No, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's great. Well, it's not. Now, we know it. One good thing that's happened, though, and this is a really good thing for, about this trip to America, mm-hmm. is that uh, Cameron Smith, and I'm not talking about NRL Cameron Smith, I'm talking about golfing superstar. Oh, the live star. The Livestar, he's offered to help the NRL sell the game to America as part of the Rugby League's plans to open the next season, obviously, in Vegas. You sure? Smith, a well-known Broncos fan. Good, yes. He's not been contacted by the NRL, but love to be part of the Sin City doubleheader. Right. You know, we don't have our schedule yet for next year, but I'll definitely go out there and watch, ask whether he'd be open to helping the game. I can't see why not. The right. NRL's already outlined their plans to have dot, 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 yes. Russell Crowe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Smith is a good get. For the well, that is late. very good news. My only counsel here, HG, is that as long as he doesn't drag the shark in. No, I think Because that would be a real turn downer. off, wouldn't it? It would be a real downer. And you know what shark's like? He'd try to take over and pretend it's all his idea and... You know, I, I always wanted it on a smaller ground, rugby league. You know what I mean? You know what he's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing also that's happened here is is that there's chances that would be changes to origin this year. Right. A bit hard to explain this quickly, but the NRL mm. has taken its biggest step to revamp the State of Origin series with camps slashed to seven days in a bid to ease the toll on clubs who provide, obviously, the biggest stars. Now, this feeds into the problem of how they're going to prepare mm. for Vegas. Yeah. You see, we can't have people coming in mm. off a pre-season, yeah. a, a truncated pre-season, getting on a plane, flying for a day, mm. getting off a plane and playing rugby league. I mean, it's 
it, again, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's, they've got to be there, acclimatised, maybe. Well, they should be there a month beforehand, shouldn't I they? At month. least a month, do you think, to acclimatise? I, I reckon a month. Mm. It's a whole different thing over yeah. there. Yeah. Now, in one of the biggest shake-ups in Interstate Series in years, the NRL has told club bosses its preference is for the, you know, the stars, New South Wales stars, mm. as well as Queensland stars, to have shorter build-ups next year. Traditionally, Origin camps have been 10 days with mm. players released as early as Sunday night before a match you know, played on the Wednesday of the following week. The mm. process frustrated club bosses who argue that players don't need to spend such a long time in camp, especially given the first two days were largely devoted to promotional activities and team bonding with only light training. We come to America. <sighs> yeah. Promotional activities. Yes. The players are the lifeblood of the game. They are. The players are the people who appear on television who are stars. Everybody knows what Trill looks like. Oh, yes. I mean, Trell only has to walk into a you know any any room any that's I was right. going to say beverage shop in a str- in the that's, world. That's right. And people know who he is. Yes, yes. Uh, Can and, you imagine the impact when he first walks into Caesar's Palace? Well, exactly. It'll stop. Exactly. It'll stop. And Trell won't be able to get and out there for just several be days. Yeah. Polite applause. Then it'll turn into cheers as he makes his way to the lift, and then everyone will want to get in the lift with him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be chaos. Chaos. Or, or, you know, madness as you described. Yes. So I, I don't know how they're going to, re, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to resolve this because, yeah. and let's face it, there's so many great American products. Well, maybe they could live on the trail, HG, on the rugby league oh, trail. I think that's a good idea. And just there's rough it. On the trail. Camping. C- camp. Night to come, night. At the, at the various spots. spots. Yes. Now, I think there's some great American products that could use rugby league support. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, you know, obviously some of the big fast food outlets would love to get involved. Well, Taco in Bell. Well, t- <laughs> they'd love it, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would. Yes. Taco Bell. Wendy's would love it. Oh, Wendy's would yeah, love it, yeah, yes. Yeah, they'd be queuing up. Yeah. And don't tell me that these people won't be millionaires by the time they get back with these endorsements. Yep. And then you might find that there was, you know, a health service. Oh. You know, because they love their health ads in America. Yes. That we could get a couple of people who say, well, you know, rugby least kept me fit and it can do the same for you or yeah. and it can do the same as product X. I don't want to put words in people's right. mouths. Okay. Yeah. Those scriptwriters have to do that. I know they're all on strike, but they'll mm-hmm. have to do it somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I, I just that, think that's this all is, good. Mm, that's all this good. This is all to go alongside yes. what we've talked about in the talkback section with the uh, yeah. people writing in excellent suggestions. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And I dare say the players will be approached, as you say, to sell local product, like uh, local car manufacturers will reach out to them, you know. Rugby league players, when in America, drive a Lincoln Continental or whatever it's or going to be. Or an Avis rent car. An Avis rent car. Yes. yes. Yeah, not one of those other ones, an sure. Avis rent car. yes. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot to be yeah. worked through here. Yeah. And, of course, if they arrive the day before, they won't have a chance to no. do that. They're just going to get overwhelmed. They will. They, they, they will. No, no, they, they've got to be there for at least a month to promote the game, to feel comfortable, to get acclimatised. Shorter field. Yep. Shorter narrow field, field. Narrow field. To yes. be able to make all of those adjustments and deliver to the Americans a product that makes Australia proud. <laughs> Money Magazine's top investment strategy for 2024? Introduce your children to Rugby League. Now, we were talking about Origin going to America. Well, this is even closer in terms of, well... Not closer in terms of time, but right. closer in terms of, uh, you know, location. But they wouldn't play Origin on a smaller ground, would they, in Vegas? 
Well, state of origin, they wouldn't do that, would they? Oh, I don't think they could do that. Well, they so this is do that. This is origin, yeah. state of origin. He's set for historic overseas blockbuster in New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Phew. Mm. So they used to be obviously good. compliant. The, uh, see, the, the Vegas thing is just... Mm. Uh, well, it's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah. It's an idea of, yeah. Yeah. you know, sort of... Have you got a hundred thousand you want to lose on something stupid? Yeah. Well, we've got the well, product got it for, you. for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, uh, Chief Executive Abdo and New Zealand Tourist Commission chiefs have uh, held preliminary talks Good. Uh, for a debut of Origin at twenty twenty seven in twenty twenty seven. So just a couple of years away, yeah. really. And so, would that be one of the three, or would they put an extra one on for New Zealand? Have a fourth. That's an excellent question. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I don't know I, either. Do you think Origin, uh, do you think, for instance, Warriors are going really well? Yeah. But do you think uh, New Zealand could have an Origin team in its own right, as in New Zealand Origin? Mm, you mean like the New Zealand Rugby League team? I suppose that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. So they get they get national when it goes to the World Cup and that they present They do. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd have to be the national well, team. Well, the short answer is yes. But, but I, I, don't think be any could, I don't think you can sully the state of origin concept, though, by introducing New Zealand as a, you know. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. It's a mm. three-prong O at Stanza or Road yes. featuring New Zealand, sorry, featuring New South Wales yeah. and Queensland. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So now the New Zealand government is upping the ante to secure a game. State of origin neutral venue remains vacant for 2027. You know how they go to neutral venues like Adelaide, oh, Perth yeah. and stuff like That's that, right. which they'll keep doing yeah. and beyond. But that could soon change after New Zealand officials met with Abdo to plant the seed for an inaugural, wait for it, Anzac Origin. Oh, an Anzac Origin. What a great idea. Mm. Okay. So, so Queensland would play New South Wales. To get the right to play, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Or is that the Anzac well, that's event? The... And so you sort of Anzacize mm. it somehow by. Mm. Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Getting Simpsons do- uh, donkey, a reenactment or something prior to the game. Donkey comes out with Simo and. Yeah, come. You know what I mean? It, I do. I do. Yeah. And there's a, a message come from the Monash Centre. Really. Yes. You know. Mm. Well, uh, yes, maybe a live feed to the Monash Centre. Mm. Mm. Now, can I just raise something, and this is part of our ethical obligation, which we take very seriously here at uh, Bludging mm-hmm. on the Blind Side. Yeah. And Sydney's newest stadium's worth a combined cost of $1.2 billion. That seems to be a bit on the light side, but there yep. you go. Yep. Could sit unused and unloved throughout the NRL finals. You're joking. No, Alliance in the east and Combank Stadium in the city's west might mm-hmm. remain empty due to the NRL final structure. The oh. development of Alliance Stadium cost, a, well, let's say a, a billion. Yeah. Uh, and the rebuilding of Combank was uh, $360 million. Yeah. Now, Alliance is complete in August, opened Combank over in 2019. Strangely, one Sydney venue is likely to host the final is Cronulla Points Bet Stadium, which holds 13,500 fans. Oh, man. The blackout of Alliance and possibly Combank snub comes through a quirk of the draw and would depend on the teams finishing on the ladder. There'll be a maximum of three finals game played in Sydney (laughs) before the grand final at ACOR. Penrith is certain to play finals at at the first at Bluebet, their home ground. Right. The second would be a preliminary final likely at ACOR should they win week one. Yeah. Cronulla is is the other side, can secure a home final in week one finishing fifth or sixth, that right. depends on the outcome. So there'll be a final at Shark Park. Yeah. Now. Oh, man, that can't work. Well, this time last year, you and I uh, went on the radio and d- suggested people should not go to Shark Park because they were likely to die. It's a death trap. A death trap. And yeah. the reason is, is the handrails are 
well, they're non-existent. There are no handrails. The wiring is hanging down. The wiring's down, everywhere. Everywhere. You yep. trip over it, get into your seat, yep. and <laughs> mould yes. is at death-threatening it, levels. Yeah, it is. It it's is. just out it, of control. Yep. And there's been an outbreak of hay fever. Because of this Because mold. of the mould. And players cannot play often because they're overcome with sneezing. That's right. That's no. right. I mean, if you want to get a disease, go to Shark Park. That's Exa- the message, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. You, you, no, well, that's not right. No, the NRL has said that the Cronulla can play a home final, capacity reduced, you know, points best stadium. Should the Sharks Capacity have... reduced to make it safe for people. You don't even be allowed about five or six people in there. Yeah. Correct. Well, I'm suggesting that five or six people should only be allowed in there because there, if you get the numbers up yeah. to seven or eight, somebody's Someone's not... going to be sitting in the mould. <laughs> And not going home. And, I'm and, and with they're wires going... hanging over them and no <laughs> railing. They're going straight to hospital from there, I'm telling you that. They'll have the ambulances queued up out the front door and certain. Now, yeah. well, St John's people aren't going to go into Shark Park now. I know, they're just... They're a fuse. They're sending in, you know, SWAT teams of medics. Sure. Look, I don't know what can be done about this, but they did, did, you know, it's not as though there's a suggestion that also at these other places yeah. they're putting on something for people to come and look at. Well, why couldn't the Sydney football stand become a live site or something where people go to watch the game there and just get the atmosphere? Huge screens and Hang on. great <laughs> food. Got seven people at Shark Park yeah. and they're going to beam the picture to 40,000 people sitting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's rugby league in the modern era, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Steam. You asked for it, and now the tap is turned on. The Matthew Lodge Fitness Centre now features the Volandi Steam Room right next door to the Noodle Stool Boxing Studio at the Watsford Oval Complex. Membership free to all bludgers on the blind side. See, this is where these ideas are good on paper, but then they fall over in reality. I mean, yeah. surely to goodness. Either we have to expand home the home ground concept, or finals are played at the bigger stadiums. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't looked at the chart. What's likely to happen in the first week of the finals? But the Sharks will be playing somebody. Yes, they're, they're in yeah, a position with yeah. at at the uh, Mold, yeah. the centre of Mold Excellence. Mold, mm. uh, oh, yes. See, I'm wondering too, actually, if um, if we shouldn't adjust every ground in Australia to the dimensions of Las Vegas as a means of preparing. Well, what an interesting idea that is. Mm. Why don't we have a look at it, one of the finals? Yes, yeah, just by way of experiment <laughs> yeah. to see if it to works. S- yeah. to see Maybe what it the Shark like. Park one. There's I only can... going to be seven people there, so it won't matter. And and what we have to do is get some people who know rugby league to think yep. if the product's lost, it, yes. like, it's lost. Because if everything, put... Yeah, does it rob mm. it of anything Yeah, with the, with the Vegas dimensions? Mm. But speaking of which, uh, Tell from Brisbane says, uh, as part of the 1987 US State of Origin match, the Maroons visited Las Vegas. Oh, they would have. Alan Langer was 20 at the time and wanted to enter the club that his teammates entered but needed to be 21. The idea he had was to enter the muscle man competition to gain entry. Alf started doing push-ups and sit-ups and he started to win the crowd over. Uh, the the big American guys, you can imagine how big they were, they just looked at him. Anyway, he ended up running third in the competition and they let him into the club. I Isn't that you, a beautiful story? I bet you the rest ran dead. They had a bit of Probably. sympathy for the plucky little Aussie I who bet. steered the team around the park. I bet. I bet. I bet. But uh, wouldn't that be lovely to reenact that? I mean, Alfie's still as fit as he was then. They'd remember him there. They, remember that little guy? Here he is. <laughs> 
We well, see. I'm suggesting a night, yeah. uh, an introduction. Where these to sorts rugby. of stories are exactly. celebrated. Yeah, yes. introductory story to yep. you know, rugby league. Yep. The the bulldogs trapped in a fridge full of beer. Oh. And that would go over great and sure. told with the right, you know, yes. enthusiasm. Oh, you need someone who can sell it professionally, don't correct, you? Correct, correct. Yes. Or the wheel of, you know, shark bait, the shark bait concept. Yes. Of, you know, yeah. where you had to come in with your head in a paper bag and get bashed up by the rest of the team. That's People right. would love that. They would. They'd be rubble. <laughs> now, That'd speaking rubble. of rubble, mm-hmm. stick. Yes. Uh, the Canberra coach was left fuming after a number of close calls went against his side in a gritty clash against the, in the nation's capital against Brisbane. Yeah. This is the 2918 loss. Yeah. Uh, he said, I've got the NRL ringing up the media manager saying, why isn't he in the press conference? The reason I didn't come to the press conference earlier and I've got to, uh, uh, and I've got to keep you poor people waiting is I'm pissed off. Yeah. People aren't doing their jobs properly. See, and oh, this, people. See, this is the problem we've got is that this is the product that's going to America. Yeah. People aren't doing their jobs properly. Right. Now, they're talking about referee Adam G, who does a terrific job. Yeah. The bunker official Grant Atkins yeah. came under heavy, heavy scrutiny from Stewart before he launched a stunning tirade at the HQ for perceived interference with referee's boss, Jared Maxwell, which he had resulted in declining performances from officials. We've got no idea who the, the tackle checker was at that venue. No. See, that's where this all falls down. Maybe the tackle checker needs yes. to be mentioned. He says, uh, Stick says, uh, Jared is a very good operator. He's a good boss of referees, but I reckon the power's been taken off, Jared, in a number of areas because they're not improving. They're Jared, not improving? Yeah, well, oh, there you go. Okay. Tackle counting, one of them. Yep. Uh, Jared was very intelligent ref, and I think he's a good boss for the uh, referees, but honestly I believe there's been a lot of power taken off him. Oh. This is it. He's going on. And Who's on, the power on. gone to? I think Abdo. Abdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After refusing initially to show up for the presser. Yeah. The Raiders coach started by declaring he wouldn't say a word. Oh, good, yeah. That, 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 I'm here. That, I'm not saying nothing. Yeah, yeah, right. I tell you what, I said out there I'll get fined, so I'm better off not saying a word. Eventually he opened up. Right. Old classics, one-word replies, which left, you know, people. You happy away with the team win? Nah. <laughs> happy with the rest? Nah. That sort of thing. Have they improved? Nah. Nah. <laughs> what are you doing here? Nothing. Said too much. <laughs> now, I, got, I, I try not to get frustrated with referees. This is stick. Yeah. But with some of the calls tonight, I, I, I tend to get frustrated at them. But like, uh, you know, like Ricky said, obviously the skip, I've, uh, best not to say anything because I don't want to fine. Hmm. So Jordan Rapana yeah. was once again set to the bin while Hudson Young was pinned for an escort, which are just a few of the decisions that left Stuart enraged. Yeah. I, I wasn't just, it wasn't just Hudson right. Young call. It went on for 80 minutes. 80 minutes. What, 80 minutes of dad calls? Did he think the escort wasn't an escort? It, it happens every game on these escorts. I just don't understand why it goes against us. Well, I do understand, yeah. but that's probably part the part I can't talk about. Well, you've got to disguise your escort. I mean, other teams are good at it, even Balmain Tigers. Even the West Tigers can get away with the odd escort. I mean, it's not rocket science. you just got to disguise it. Make sure you're looking at the ball, even though in your periphery you're looking at the player. I mean, poor old Stick, he just gets him to look at the player. Dead giveaway. Blow the whistle, off you go. <laughs> Can I ask, what worries me here, uh, it happens every week on these escorts, I just don't understand why it goes down. Oh, well, I do understand it, but I probably can't talk about it. Is that the product we want to send to America? No, I can't talk about it? Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to get banged some heads. Having said that, I, I, I think Las Vegas people would love Stick. They oh, love they, the like, act. Oh, the act If Stick incredible. just went to talk. Yeah. You so know. he's got to be part of the yes, he's got to be part, part of, of the, the night. show. Yeah, part of the show. Part of the show. Tonight, call me Stick. Oh, let's go and have a look at this show. <laughs> oh, good day, everyone. I'm Stick. 
But he's got them in already. <laughs> and Lee, how about his final lines? Why do you reckon little old ladies are sitting on their chairs and going off their head? I didn't know that was happening. No, you've had a bad day when little old ladies are going off your bed. You've had a bad day. That was the end of the press conference. Off he waddled to Vegas. Right. I had no idea. See, I mean, I suppose you've got to turn a weakness to a strength. Yes. Look, the game's playing on a smaller surface. We understand that. Our players don't agree with the refereeing decisions. We understand that. We understand that. that. The yeah. players are overwhelmed by being here. We haven't brought our best because they're all, you yeah. know, in the bin on the bride and the pine, etc. Yeah. But this is what we got. Yeah. This is all we got. But the great thing is you can bet on it. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, you can bet on it. Mm. Uh, just notice here, actually, on the, on the text, uh, uh, John from Queensland says, I cannot possibly vote in the Stop the Madness definition as I need more detail on how it would work without madness. If I do not know, I will vote no. Fair enough. <laughs> in trouble again, on and off the paddock? Well, the legal firm of Burgess and Kolomitangi, the Southsider specialists, can represent you at the tribunal from a simple high shot to murder. Contact them through bludging on the blind side. And I've left the most disturbing item of the week mm-hmm. to last because I don't want to extend the conversation beyond... Yeah. These thoughts. The NRL is set to investigate bringing in an independent decision maker to rule on integrity issues. Oh, Lord. See? Oh, who's this going to be? Exactly. People who know what nothing. What clown's going to roll up for this job? Exactly. Um, this was How much the, is it being paid? Well, hang on. Wait Would a Alan Joyce be interested? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, on the agenda of Wednesday's chief executive's meeting, mm. having previously been suggested by the Rugby League Players Association. Under the proposal, an independent person, most likely a judge, would replace NRL Chief Executive Abdo yeah. in overseeing sanctions for offences related to the Code of Conduct, playing contracts, illicit drugs ooh, and football department breaches. Abdo would continue to take charge of matters such as non-fault stand-down rule and judiciary procedures. Any plan to change the system would not come in effect till next year. Right. So too will the changes to the rules around players' agents. This is less controversial. Yes. Now, we're going to take somebody who knows nothing about rugby league yes. and tip them into one of the most contested workplaces in Australia. Yes. You know, the... I mean, how would a judge this week uh, settle matters at Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs? How or, would they do that? Exactly. Or... They're not rugby league compliant. A judge? A judge. I know. I mean, what would a judge know? What is the law about rugby league yeah. teams? Every team goes through these rough patches. They do. At the moment, as you point it's out, It's the got... rhythm of rugby league. Exactly. That's what got... you're going to say to the judge. Judge is the rhythm of rugby league. And he's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, of course, of course, well, you don't. Because yeah. you don't know rugby league. Exactly. Now, what I like... You about... might know murder. Yeah. Sure. Right. Easy as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... This, is this person's going to be run off their feet. They They'll will. have to have a staff. Yeah, they will. You know, people have to bring the cases in. You know, we've got another head in the bag, shark yes. bait incident. Can you Do imagine you want... how many briefs would be stacked up each Monday morning it, it would for this poor judge? Out of control. He's only used to maybe, you know, one a year. Uh, Suddenly yeah, there's just... 400. Well, I do you believe that rugby league is in – now, this seems to be a sop to someone, but mm. is rugby league in necessary – or has it reached the point where it needs an independent decision maker to rule on integrity issues? Integrity issues. I mean, rugby league is the most integrity compliant sport on the planet. Well, it is. 
You know, sure, it, is, it, it goes wobbly at the time. Of course it goes wobbly. It has wobbly. to deal yeah, with it stiff. It goes wobbly at the time. Look at the basketball, the netball. The, yes. You know, I think the netballers are in a pay dispute at they the are. moment. And look at the Swimming Australia. Oh. I know. The head of Swimming Australia has resigned again today. Yeah. Now we're looking for someone new, a new head for Swimming Australia. I mean, if a judge is needed anywhere, it'll be with Swimming Australia at the moment, trying to get the bottom of what's going on. Why does everyone hate each other at Swimming Australia? And yet we're doing so well in the pool. It's an irony, isn't it? It's an irony. Now, we come to the problem. Maybe of... we don't need the administration. Maybe we just leave people in the pool, let them swim. Yeah. <laughs> now, the next bit of the puzzle is a thing comes across the desk on Monday morning saying, yeah. well, actually, you know, there's been a head in the bag incident. Yeah. You know, they've been, uh, you know, doing shark bait work out at Canterbury Bankstown. Yeah. Who's the judge going to ask for advice about whether this is bad, whether at scale of 1 to 400, where uh-huh. does it stand? Yeah. He's going to ask Abdo. Yes. If Abdo can't be the integrity commissioner, I don't know who can. Yeah. yeah. That's his job. We pay him to do that, don't that's, we? That's right. That's right. And the other thing is, you know, you get a judge in who knows nothing about rugby league. They come in, they have a look at rugby league. Suddenly they might see things that no one all, wants that no one wants anyone to indeed, see. Indeed. Indeed. Or you know, it's like making a sausage. No one wants to see a sausage being made. Because if you saw a sausage being made, you'd never eat the bloody thing. Exactly. Or you wouldn't. It's the same with rugby league. You wouldn't. You see it. why a team gets together. You don't want to know. <laughs> That's right. Now the other thing is, it's or, a mystery, but yeah. it's magical when it happens. Exactly. You know, you know when you taste the sausage, you think, "Oh man, how did they do that?" We don't. We know. don't know. And we don't want to know. <laughs> now the other thing is, I bet you the first judge finds it very difficult to resist. Yeah. Getting the, involved. It will getting involved with, and the, with the glamour. The glamour, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Look get, at me, I'm on page three again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they've got, and with a couple of fish tanks. Yeah, that's know. right. Look what I got from rugby league this yeah, week. That's yeah, that's right. Tires next Suddenly week. Suddenly the brown paper bag know, filled with money. Mm. Ain't a problem for the yeah, judge. Yeah, that's right. Front row seats on Origin yes. night. Yes. You know, with a... Limousine picking up the family. Yeah, exactly, the family being Take involved. them out to the live site to watch the game at Shark Park. <laughs> Where there are seven dying from mould-related illness. illnesses. Good I mean, luck, Judge. Yeah, I know. So this is, I, I don't know who would do this. And then as you, I know what you're going to say, how much is it worth? Yeah. How much is this, what I call, front of house stuff? Well, it makes the running of Qantas look dead easy, doesn't it? So that gives you a bit of an idea. You'd have to make it ten times what Joyce is getting this year. $240 million for a judge. And we'd have to have some rules around it, but, look, they'll have to wait for another time because, <laughs> let's face it, the time's gone away from us again. I'm bludging on the blind side. Podcast up in a few minutes' time. Join us next week when we bludge on, bludgers. Fight out. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. Hello, it's Hopper and Hing here at the end of your Roy and HG podcast. And, oh, my goodness, Roy and HG, they're the absolute kings. How do they do it? What's the secret to their success, Michael? How have they been at the top of their game for, like, 60 years? Just win after win after win. Since the invention of sport, they've been doing it. They commentated the gladiatorial games in ancient Rome. They commentated the marathon, the battle. (laughs) But look, Michael, looking for the secret to success, the secret to happiness, the secret to eternal joy, that's what our podcast is all about. It's called Hobber and Hing's Silver Bullet. And each week, 
a guest joins us to pitch us their silver bullet, the one thing they tried that fixed their life and everything in it. To find out whether it could be a silver bullet for all of us, Hing and I also try their recommendation. At the end, we all give it a little review. And one day, we hope to find the one quick fix that will make us all happy, hot and healthy forever. We've tried things like eating Dwayne The Rock Johnson's diet, floating in flotation tanks, or even just getting a spray tan. Did any of them work? Well, if you want to find out, listen to Hobber and Hing's Silver Bullet. Available uh, wherever you find podcasts, including ABC Listen, if that's where you're listening right now. And as we always say, things just sound better on the ABC Listen app.